Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. And we are just three gals to like sit around, drink coffee, and talk about true crime. True crime. True crime. Guys, this is these are my best friends in the whole world. Crime. 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 I'm excited to be back around the breakfast nook with you guys. Yay! And you beans. And you beans. Love you beans. And you beans. Um, uh, we've had some friends uh, purchase some of our merch, which is really exciting. Thank you so much for checking out our merch store. We had some coffee mug purchases. Thank you very much, Dee Dee. Very great. There's all sorts of fun stuff in there. The coffee mugs. We have also the, um, there's crop tops, crop sweater guys. There's all sorts of petty witch Goodness, so yeah, give it, give it a, give it a peep see, peep see, yeah, yeah, a little something for everybody, a little yes. something for everybody. It is true, and we're always happy to hear recommendations too. Things you want to see on the site, sweatpants, yeah, dad hats, uh-huh. dad hats. Uh-huh. I love dad uh-huh. hats. I would love a dad hat. Me too, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Even though I look stupid in them with the, my bangs now, <laughs> but on the days when I'm like no bangs, yeah, dad hat, dad mm-hmm. hat. Okay, Amanda. I'm so ready. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, good morning, my sweet beans. Uh, Today, I'd like to share a tale from my hometown of Chicago. (gasps) Have any of you heard of the Tylenol murders? We're going to talk about them today. Chicago, <laughs> Land of the Wieners. <laughs> land of the Wieners. And isn't there like a bean there? No, wait. Is that there is a bean. Yes. There is a bean. Okay. There is a I bean. It's things. the bean. The bean is there. It is bean. the ugliest thing you will ever see in your entire life. And it's huge. It is. I've yeah. seen people. I've never seen it. I haven't been to Chicago yet, seen but it. I've seen I've pictures. touched it. <gasps> oh, yeah. it's, Amanda. it's yeah. a pretty cool, pretty cool town. Pretty cool town. I've been there a few times. Never visited the Bean. I did go to the History Museum, though. That was awesome. Amazing. Yeah, all the Natural History Museum is incredible. Science and industry. All right. We could talk all day about how dope (laughs) Chicago is. Yeah. But, um, Beans, have you ever struggled opening up a pill bottle? What a hassle, right? You have to rip open the glued box, struggle with the cap, and once you get off, do you have to peel off another seal? Well, of course, today we think nothing of it. We know that's all for our protection. Not only to keep small children from ingesting possible poisons, but also to make sure nothing in that bottle has been tampered with by outside hands. Tamper seals are something I believe my generation takes for granted, but these preventative measures only really came into effect in 1982. And today, ladies and beans, pull up a comfy spot because I'm gonna tell you their origin story. So in the Chicagoland area in 1982, seven people died suddenly and without warning. On September 29th in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, 12-year-old Mary Kellerman went into her parents' room complaining of a sore throat and a runny nose. They gave her some over-the-counter extra-strength Tylenol to try to relieve her symptoms. Shortly after, the Kellermans heard a loud thud from the bathroom. They entered to find Mary passed out on the floor. 
They called 911, but it was too late for their sweet angel. That same day, in the neighboring town of Arlington Heights, 27-year-old postal worker Adam Janis also passed away suddenly. At first, it was assumed his death was caused by a massive heart attack. You know, he had been actually complaining of chest pains earlier in the day, and he took two extra-strength Tylenol. In Winfield, Illinois, 27-year-old Mary Lynn Reiner had just gotten home from giving birth to her fourth child. She wasn't feeling well, so she took some extra-strength Tylenol and collapsed shortly after. Damn. She was taken to the hospital, but unfortunately did not survive. There was speculation in her case that the pills she took were given to her at the hospital, like after she had given birth. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a bottle of regular-strength Tylenol in her purse that she had recently bought, but the pills that she ingested were extra-strength Tylenol. Okay. So they were trying oh, to figure out where those where came, it came from. from. Gotcha. 31-year-old Mary McFarland of Lombard was at work when she took some extra-strength Tylenol to relieve a headache. Within minutes, she was unconscious and soon after passed away. She left behind two young boys. Paula Prince was a 35-year-old flight attendant from Chicago. She had just gotten off of work and stopped by an old-town drugstore for a bottle of extra-strength Tylenol. She took some when she went home, and police didn't discover her body until a few days later. I actually asked my parents about this because we were living in the Chicagoland area at the time. And that was the one person my dad was like, I actually remember the name of one of the victims. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was crazy. They all had to throw away all the Tylenol. My aunt was telling me that they threw away all their Tylenol. Anyway, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, remember Adam Janis, our second victim? Well, his younger brother, Stanley, who was 25, uh, and his 19-year-old wife, Teresa, immediately went to the hospital and met up with loved ones, you know, once they heard the news. Later that evening, while at Adam's home, Stanley and his wife were both suffering from headaches, you know, possibly from all the stress. Stan went to Adam's medicine cabinet and grabbed a bottle of extra-strength Tylenol. Oh, no. They each took some and were later rushed to the hospital. Stanley died upon arrival, but it would take two days before Teresa would eventually pass. Damn. Their deaths were ruled natural causes until an autopsy could be performed. It was flu season at the time, so they wanted to make sure that it wasn't some kind of deadly virus. Um, right. And so they actually put their house on quarantine just to be safe because they're like, well, we don't know what's going on, but three people from that family just died. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's so awful. At first, no one was piecing together that these deaths could be connected. However, a super smart nurse, Helen Jensen, had just spoken to the Janus family and learned that all three had taken Tylenol shortly before their deaths. She went to the Adams home, found the bottle in question, and noticed that exactly six pills were missing from the bottle. She also found the receipt in the garbage, showing the pills were bought within days of the death. She just came out, Nancy drew it. Okay, uh-huh. but get this. <clears throat> uh, mm, wow. Uh, she went back to her supervisor and brought it to their attention, and no one freaking listened to her. Oh, my God. Well, how did she... I mean, good for her for getting into the house and, like, getting all that stuff and doing all that sleuthing on her own. But, Mm -hmm. like, what? Yeah, oh, but, you know, it wasn't until two male paramedics, one from Mary's scene and one from the Janice's scene, they just, you know, happened to be chatting. One said, oh, yeah, the brother and his wife took Tylenol shortly before dying. And the other was like, wait, I'm pretty sure Mary's parents said that they gave her Tylenol as well. And they started to piece things together. They notified their supervisors, who (gasps) contacted the police. I mean, finally, but like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Things could have happened faster. Oh my God, listen to women. All right. Listen to women. (laughs) But I digress. Damn. So the extra strength Tylenol at both scenes was collected and sent for testing. It turned out that both bottles contained capsules 
of 65 milligrams of potassium cyanide. About 50 milligrams will kill a full-grown adult. Immediately, Johnson & Johnson stopped production. They pulled all Tylenol from the shelves and recalled 31 million bottles. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like, my aunt just, mm. she said, oh, yeah, immediately, like, my husband told me, stop taking it, throw it all yeah. away, mm -hmm. do not take it. It was a big scare for everybody because, mm -hmm. you know, they had no idea why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, they actually end up finding other bottles that were laced with the poison, enough to kill at least another hundred people. Hmm. They set up a task force and hotline offering a $100,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. They ended up with about 1,200 leads worth looking into, and by the end of the year, they whittled that down to 20. Nicole's fave, John Douglas yeah. of the FBI, profiled the Tylenol killer as being, quote, a white male in his late 20s to early 30s who would be depressed, nocturnal loner, driven by rage. He'd have bouts of severe depression and feelings of despair. He'd feel inadequate, helpless, hopeless, and impotent, being at the same time convinced that society's always maligned him in an unfair way. His life would be characterized by a long list of personal failures concerning education, employment, social experiences, and relationship with women of his own age and intelligence level. Some of his feelings of inadequacy could stem from a physical disability or ailment. He would gravitate towards positions of authority or pseudo-authority, such as security. could also have a military background um, or be an ambulance driver, auxiliary firefighter, and would have trouble keeping a job. Um, the unsub fits the. Sorry, just unsub. Saying the, unsub. <laughs> the unsub fits the assassin type, constantly thinking about killing, but never laying his hands on his intended victim. He committed this type of crime as a result of a precipitating stressor he suffered in mid-September of 1982, such as a loss of a job, a wife, a girlfriend, possibly a parent. His M.O. suggests not particularly organized or methodical offender, but rather a sloppy and distracted personality. This would be reflected in the car he drives, possibly a police-type large Ford sedan, uh, which would represent strength and power, both of which he lacks. Boom. Roasted. He's fucking boom roasted. Though it can't be completely excluded that he is disgruntled employee or a former employee of Johnson & Johnson, McNeil Consumer Products, or the targeted drugstores, it is more likely that the offender was motivated by general rage and resentment against a society that had wronged or ignored him. Likewise, the choice of Tylenol might or might not be significant. In all probability, he would have written letters concerning his perceived wrongs to people in positions of power, such as President Ronald Reagan or Chicago Mayor Jane Byrne. Uh, the feeling of having been ignored gave him a reason to escalate. The offender would also keep a scrapbook, a diary, or a journal of some kind dealing with his activities, which would uh, reflect his feelings of inferiority. Post-offense, he would talk with people, also people directly involved in the case, such as police officers or drugstore clerks, about the poisonings, and would probably revisit the stores where he planted the poison capsules, along with the victim's graves. He would even go so far as to surveil their homes. He would also inject himself into the investigation, volunteering or helping police and participating in night vigils. Contrary to other types of offenders, this one would feel remorseful and emotionally distraught if confronted with the consequences his actions had on the victims he depersonalized. In one of my sources, they added that the medical examiner in Cook County at the time said that he believed this person had oh, probably already committed suicide. <laughs> uh, I think he was just trying to, like, he was trying to help, you know, maybe to ease the public panic, uh, but he probably should have just 
kept quiet. But after hours of following up on leads, it was ultimately these top three suspects that detectives took notice of. First to be implicated publicly was Roger Arnold. He was working the dock of a jewel warehouse that, um, and Jewel Osco is a, a real popular, like, like we have Vons and Albertsons mm. on the West Coast, but mm. we have Jewel, Osco, and Dominic's mm-hmm. on, like, in the Midwest. Cool. That's why I, I grew up. We had Jewel. <laughs> we went to Jewel. So he was working the dock of a jewel warehouse that two of the laced bottles had been distributed through. Um, he was also known to be a DIY chemist and admitting to having cyanide in his possession at some point. Mm. When police searched the residence, they found five unregistered handguns. Mm. They also learned that his wife had gotten sick after taking Tylenol shortly before the killings. So they implied that maybe he was practicing dosing the pills on her. Mm. This was never proven, of course. I mean, what else are wives for, guys? I mean, right. (laughs) Hey, honey, try this. Yeah. (laughs) But even though police didn't have enough evidence to convict Roger, it still completely ruined his life. Mm. So much so that about six months down the road, he suffered a nervous breakdown and had come to the end of his rope. He went out looking for the person he believed first named him to the police, a bartender named Marty Sinclair. But seeing only red, Roger entered the bar and opened fire on the wrong person. In a case of mistaken identity, Roger shot and killed 46-year-old father of three, John Stanisha. Roger was charged with murder and armed violence and was given 30 years. In uh, 2010, Roger was cleared of the Tylenol murders because of DNA evidence. Ted Kaczynski, the oh. Unabomber, was oh. briefly considered as a suspect. But, That's what I remember. Yeah, but other than the fact that his parents lived in the Chicagoland area, there was literally mm-hmm. nothing tying him oh. to the case. No. Um, his DNA also was not a match when they ran it in 2011. They're like, you're the, you're a guy. You do, you do things. things. Kind of, you're a dude, yeah. right? Poisoning's like, bo- no. Mm, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Um, another listed suspect was a woman named Lori Dan from Glencoe, Illinois, and tap her for later because her full story is tragic. Mm. However, the reason she was looked at in this case is because in 1988, she was caught delivering marshmallow and Rice Krispie snacks laced with arsenic to fraternity houses at Northwestern University in Evanston. Oh, no. Well, yeah. But it was a man who went by Robert Richardson who would soon turn out to be more than the police bargained for. During the investigative phase, someone sent a taunting letter to Johnson & Johnson. It read, Johnson & Johnson, parent of McNeil Laboratories. Gentlemen, as you can see, it is easy to place cyanide, both potassium and sodium, into capsules sitting on store shelves. And since the cyanide is inside the gelatin, it is easy to get buyers to swallow the bitter pill. Another beauty is that cyanide operates quickly. It takes so very little, and there will be no time to take countermeasures. If you don't mind the publicity of these little capsules, then do nothing. So far, I've spent less than $50, and it takes me less than 10 minutes per bottle. If you want to stop the killing, then wire $1 million to bank account number, and it lists a number, at Continental Illinois Bank, Chicago, Illinois. Don't attempt to involve the FBI or local Chicago authorities with this letter. A couple of phone calls by me will undo anything you could possibly do. That bank account number was quickly traced back to a man named Frederick Mill McKayhee, who was the owner of a travel agency. He was interviewed, and it became very clear to detectives that he had nothing to do with this case. But who would want to frame him? Well, he had recently fired a woman named Leanne, and according to her husband, 
uh, McKayhee shorted her on her last paycheck. Her husband, Robert Richardson, simply could not let it go. He wanted to make sure McKayhee would pay. But Richardson was nowhere to be found, so the police started a manhunt. A photo of Richardson was put up in the news, and very soon after, a call came in from a detective in Kansas City. He said he recognized the man on the news, but that his name was actually James Lewis, and he was wanted for murder. Oh! So a little background on James Lewis. He was adopted at a very young age, and his adopted parents were absolutely terrified of him. As a teenager, he broke one of his father's ribs. His mother started sleeping with a gun under her pillow after one day he chased her around with an axe. He was sent away for psychiatric treatment and given a diagnosis of schizophrenia, which at the time, it was just kind of used when doctors didn't have an answer. Slap a band-aid on it. Yes, schizophrenic. So fast forward to 1978 when Lewis was working as a tax accountant in Kansas City. He was charged with murder when police found body parts in his attic, which belonged to a former client, Raymond West. Oh. However, Lewis was acquitted because a judge ruled that this evidence was found illegally. Well, you know. Get a warrant. (laughs) This is what we learned today. Get a warrant. Get a warrant. That is one of the most frustrating things when stuff is found incorrectly and then you can't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. It sucks. So he left Kansas City, and that's how he ended up in Chicago. There was a nationwide manhunt for Lewis, and eventually he and his wife were found in New York. Their place was searched, but there was no evidence found that linked either of them to the Tylenol murders. They were, however, able to arrest Lewis for extortion for the letter to Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they brought him into the station, Lewis tried to lessen his punishment by saying he had information to give about the Tylenol murders. So police ask him how he thought the cyanide got on the pills, and he gives this super detailed description about how... Oh, I mean, the person probably drilled small holes into a wooden board that that were like the perfect size to slide half the gel capsule into, and then in the very it was very specific about this using a butter knife as to not touch the poison. The person would have to slide the powder cyanide over the board, filling the capsules, and then wearing gloves, they would put the other half on the gel cap on, closing it to look like the others in the bottle. When asked what motive the killer may have to do this, he replied, "Quote: I think he was righting a wrong." He was given 20 years for extortion and got out after 13 for good behavior. So, But, like, even though he was an absolute weirdo, there was no substantial evidence that actually proved James Lewis was more than a very disturbed man who saw an opportunity at getting revenge and blaming it on someone else. Mm-hmm. In 2009, DNA would clear him of the Tylenol murders. Mm. Unfortunately, James was not the only one who thought they would take advantage of these horrific killings. Just weeks after the murders, a woman died from tainted Tylenol. But it turns out her husband killed her and then three other innocent people trying to make it look like it was another mad killer on the loose. Copycat. (laughs) In fact, about a hundred malicious tamperings were found within two months of the murders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's usually the biggest uh, thing that people worry about all the times with all the time with reporting a murder publicly yes, mm-hmm. because of copycats or suicides. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they right. notice that, like, um, if a news story about suicide goes up, like, there is a percentage of people that go, like, all right, there you go. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there you go, there's my sign or whatever. And so suicide does go up sometimes. Yeah, it's also harder to catch the, the bad person when you give too much information. So, like, keeping some stuff out of the public eye, too, is also more beneficial. One, you stop copycats. You also catch the correct person instead of everybody claiming that they did it because they want the the fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. 
So today we have taken measures to prevent such a tragedy like this from ever occurring again. So let's raise a mug and say thanks for Tapper Evident Packaging. <laughs> Uh, and that, ladies and beans, is the Chicago Tylenol murders of 1982. It is still unsolved to this day. It is. Any final sips? Oh, yeah, I guess I was supposed to ask you guys that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this reminds me of a story. Uh, that this happened in Japan as well, um, but not in their Tylenol. It was with the Glica, the the snack company, the mm. really big that makes like Pocky and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, the yeah. panda things too, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah. So they uh, somebody said that they were going to poison people, like they were going to poison, uh, put poison in the packaging if they don't do, you know, give into a demand or something. And but because it's Japan, they labeled the ones that had poison in them. They labeled them with like a yellow with like yellow banner and stuff because it was more so about how easily it could just get put on the shelves, and all it would take oh. was for you to read it and say that it, it was it literally had a big yellow warning on everyone that had poison in them, and they did have like traces of poison in those. Oh my god! So nobody died because there were warnings on them, mm-hmm. but they like still got circulated because oh, they just didn't get seen. Oh, because they were just trying to prove a point mm-hmm. that yeah. they could circulate them without warnings if they wanted to. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was that, and then like they they would ask for money, and then eventually they would like they never. I don't think they ever were found either. There was this whole thing where they were sending notes to the police, going like, "Uh, here's a clue. If you can't find us, like <laughs> literally trying to give clues and like being like the police are so inept. Like how, how, mm-hmm. and they never found those people either." Jenny. Mm-hmm. Jenny. Ah. There's a Adam Ruins Everything about this. I listened to it on uh, the um, My Favorite Murder Girls till mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard that uh, to like get the warning out fast, they like even had like patrol cars with like the megaphones telling people <gasps> to throw out their Tylenols. Oh, yeah. I bet, yeah. I didn't read that anymore, but mm-hmm. I bet you're absolutely right. Yeah. Because, yeah, they were just like, we don't have social media. Uh, yes, yeah, the 80s. Throw them out. Yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You're right. Mm-hmm. And it did Radio, get there, everything. like, almost overnight. Everybody heard about it. Mm-hmm. So the one time the media did their job. Yay. Good job, media. Yay. Sometimes it works. Way to get out the word <laughs> of tainted Tylenol. Man. Yeah. I love those. I mean, sometimes they're really hard to get off, but I really like those little protection things. They make me feel safer. Or I get Mm -hmm. something and it's, like, messed up. I go, I'm returning this. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to scare you, but I did find research that there were also a lot of other, like, same poisoning things, even after all of the tamper That's things. That's why I haven't said anything like, in the past couple minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. Like, I wrote but it, it in. and I went, But, like, yeah, unfortunately... I'm going to ruin Tylenol for all of you. I now, I'm weird when I take pills now after doing this research. Oh, sure. Yeah, it still happened even after the tamper evident mm-hmm. packaging. Because well, people yeah. have figured out how to, like, reseal things and Absolutely. whatever. Yeah. Because um, people are mm, terrible sometimes. Yeah, if someone wants to be terrible, they're going to, they're going to be terrible. Um, and it's, it, it reminds me, I think that the Adam Ruins Everything was about security theater. And that, that's where that came in, where it was like, you know, there's so many other ways that you can tamper with anything and, you know, kill anybody, I guess, like, if you really wanted to. And then it goes into, like, I think it, later the episode goes on into, like, all the security measures that we go through to get on a plane when, like, those aren't the things that stop stuff mm-hmm. from happening. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. else or, you know, something else down the line. Mm-hmm. So, um, Potassium cyanide would have eaten through the pills quickly. So all of those pills had to be set, like, the day those people picked it up. Interesting. And mm-hmm. if they had 
let it sit in the bottle for long enough, it would have eaten through and you would have noticed that the bottle had been tampered with. Was this also, I don't know if this came up at all, was this also when they started putting the silica packets in to keep things fresh, do you think? Or maybe this might have started that that conversation? Because that's like a newer thing, I guess, Mm. to put... I know that the cotton ball was always a thing that I think has been in there. what's funny about the cotton is, uh, they actually said this on the Things You Should Know podcast, um, the cotton was put in because at first they had the pills that, like, would crack easily, Mm. just the way where, like, the pressed pills, Mm -hmm. and then when they made the gel capsules, that was nice because they didn't break as much, but it's just a consumer thing. People expect the cotton, and that's why they still Mm. do it. That's, yeah, okay, so many of those kind of things, right, like, Mm -hmm. that I, I always wonder if it is, like safety or if it is you know the safety theater or if it's actually like a thing that people actually needed or rather they desired it i just think it's interesting that we never found out who it was but also like that just shows how even back then we are very distanced from manufacturing in general you know Mm -hmm. like we're so far away from when something gets made um, as a just a reality of the life that we live in, that w- there can be so many things that happen between the time that this thing gets made until the time that it, I put it in my body. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very interesting. The trust that we had, like, overall. And a lot of that comes with, like, legislation and, you know, making, like, you know, corporations would make you work all the time and make you work as a child unless there was, like, a law passed. I was like, mm-hmm. no, you can't. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, stuff or, like, FDA, like, there's so much stuff that they allow in our food and everything anyways and veggies and everything, like, mm-hmm. that um, they uh, have to allow because it's, like, made on such a mass scale. Uh-huh. So. Well, the, this, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Oh. Mine's just funny. Oh, I was just going to add on to that the, about food and everything like that. Like, the t- this change, this case changed all of food packaging, not just tamper-evident medication, mm-hmm. but how all of your food is packaged, how there's the little press and seal on, like, your Snapple bottles and all of that, yeah. um, but the mm-hmm. milk, because normally you could just go up and grab the milk and just open it up mm-hmm. and everything. It didn't matter, and it's just mm-hmm. crazy to me that that is only a, a very recent thing, really, when you think about it. That was only, like, 40 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Going on to that, like, what gets put in your food and stuff and what's allowed in uh, my favorite show, Bob's Burgers, uh, there's, like, this episode where they're doing Lobster Fest and there's, like, a giant tub of whatever the oh, butter, yeah, right? yeah, it and can have... It can have X amount, I forget what it is, like, 5% human skin or something in it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, oh. well, I mean, also not to freak you out, but, I mean, that is, that is, I work in a laboratory. Mine's not necessarily food, but, like, there is a certain amount of, but it's only because it is safe for consumption there is a certain amount of like yeast and mold and things like that that Mm -hmm. are allowed and there's things that occur naturally in foods like aspergillus and things that we don't really think about Um, but in large doses it's very harmful but in the amount that we have it it's fine it's fine there's this really popular everything in moderation right there's that really popular like thing where somebody listed all these ingredients or something and was like do you know what this is and somebody was like talking about it being like a vaccine or whatever and ended up being all the uh, the chemical makeup of an apple like uh, you know like yes mm-hmm. so it's that kind that. of thing where there's like there's like that stuff's in everything it's all what's made up of everything it's just up to you to be knowledgeable of what all that is mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> and what your body can can take i mean i can go on yeah. a tangent about this but i won't uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, as a vegan, well, when I became a vegan, I like read ing- I still read guys, ingredients all the guys, time. Guys, I'm a vegan. Um, Nicole's a vegan. <laughs> In case you didn't know, I'm a vegan. Uh, 
dear. I love, uh, I love you too. Um, but yeah, I read all the ingredients, and if I don't know what something is, I'll look it up. And like sometimes it's like, oh, this is nothing. It's just the fancy word for what this is. But it's interesting when you like go through ingredients and actually look the things up that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I only do that when I'm buying food for you, and it is enlightening. <laughs> it is enlightening. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, man. Amanda, thank you so much for bringing the terrible Tylenol story Yay. to breakfast. Day. You're Thanks, welcome. Amanda. Oh, man. And they never found them. Sweet dreams. <laughs> dreams. Oh, dear. Oh, well, Beans, enjoy your coffee. <laughs> Whatever you decide to put in your coffee, make sure you read the ingredients. Not uh, potassium cyanide. Yeah. Stop put that in your coffee. Uh, we look forward to sharing more coffee with you and another wonderful episode of Morning Matters. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Remember to stop by every Monday for a new episode. And you can always check out our resources and mental health links in our show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our highly caffeinated conversation, please leave us a five-star rating and check us out on Instagram. At Morning Murders. That's at M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. If you have any stories you'd like to hear discussed around the breakfast nook, email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening! Okay, how's everybody? I'm everybody. You're everybody? Are you everybody? I'm um, okay. you know what I know. Nicole! 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 I bought everybody a hand fan. Hand fan. <laughs> she likes winging. Do you want the rainbow or do you want the totals? Oh, what? Oh, what? Um, rainbows are fun. Got it. I like the rainbows. Everybody likes to go to a crab boil. Everybody likes to eat that crab. Crab boils. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah. Just sometimes 
Something yeah, to think about. Sometimes, yeah. Spices, butter, lemon, crabs. This is just you just make do you just make grocery lists in your head all day? Yeah, uh, so <laughs> as an anxious person, I try to think of everything all of the time, just in case. Girl, you've seen I it feel work. that on a fucking spiritual <laughs> level. And you've seen it work. We'll be like, we're going on a trip. I'm like, great, so guess what? We can we can do 500 things because I absorb this information. But I need a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a really big deal, but <laughs> if I don't have a plan, I'm, we all might die. Just oh. think of all the plans FYI, at once. we all might die. You can look at this. I can do this. There's a way you can look at these. Whoa. That's nice. Um, um, um. I will use like my iPad for a bunch of stuff, and then I forget that my laptop is not touch screen. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, no, Nicole, Mine's you can't. Use I know I'm watching yours because yours is a touchy laptop. Mine's a touchy. I just I assumed know. Amanda was some sort of uh, like. Witch. Yeah, I'm not even touching yeah, it. Just I'm just like magic. conducting Since what I want. Techno witch. And I want full screen. Full. Hey, there we go. Techno witch. Nailed it. Tech Got it. Witch. Nailed it. Did it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. The show where we talk about movies, death. Murderous games. Murderous games. Murderous games. Sometimes. I feel like you're going to hear my... I chose ice. I chose death. Hey, man, it's hot. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with ice. It's a desert out, out there. I snack everything all the time. That's true. <laughs> a cat's going to just come over and help <laughs> just gonna, just gonna... okay, well, the door's closed. You put this on the floor for me, right? This is for what? Even if it's on the table. This is for me, right? For me? No. Yes. This is not for yes. you. This is not for you, kitty cat. Kitty, kitty cat. You'd do it, too, if you could. It's true. What? <laughs> You it's would. true. <coughs> you wouldn't download a car. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely download a car. Oh, that'd be so great. That's one of those. That was like one of those uh, warnings that were at the beginning of movies where they're like, "You don't don't download the movie because it's theft. It's movie theft. You wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't steal a car." And it's like, I would absolutely download a car. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Three minutes ago, I would have downloaded a car. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have a whole garage. Yeah. of cars. Yeah. Fucking a la Ferris Bueller. Done. Done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also Can't have wrong. the ability to put them back into the cloud, so then they disappear and mm. they come back. Once you've downloaded oh. it, you, like, get it in the cloud. You eat it. You eat it. Yeah. I want it to be made out of some sort of, like, potato, starch, some, you know, it's like a renewable energy. You have to eat it. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Guys, I'm a scientist. <laughs> you. Listen, I'm a serial killer, guys. I'm not a fucking scientist. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Wait, Science. just kidding. Wait, what? <laughs> Fan. <laughs> and fan. Oh no, wrong way. And fan. <laughs> this is not a visual medium, but, but, but you can hear the you can hear this. <laughs> it's, it gets a little hot in our tiny little box of love. Our box nook. of love. The breakfast yeah. nook. The breakfast nook. The tool box. No. The nope. toy box. <laughs> Toy box? Nook box. <laughs> I don't like that's, that's too much like the toy box killer. That's what I was going for. Or the but tool box killer. Could do both. Oh, We're God. too adorable. All too right. adorable. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. In the show. That's so good. I love this story. I mean, and lo- okay. I like love it, but <laughs> it's not on, like Nicole, a good. You. Hold on. Hold on a second. It's all about it. I'm all about it. Uh. <laughs> Fan down. And grabbed a battle of. Yep. Okay. Sorry, brain. <laughs> oh, my hip popped. Yeah, I'm I old. heard that. I'm, I'm old. Okay. Now you just full of fireworks. Aw. <laughs>
Funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Go on. As you were. Murder. At first, no one was really piecing these deaths together. Nope. Piecing together the these deaths. Okay. A English. Uh-huh. Sorry. English. Okay. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Funny. Don't apologize. Don's. John Stanisha. Just Don, not John. Don John. Sorry. Don, Don John. When you're, when you're editing that, just John Stanisha. <laughs> Don Johnson. Bad David. Bad David. Beep beep. All right. McKay? Mick Cahay. How would you pronounce this? Mick Cahay. Yeah. Mick Cahay? Mick Cahay. Sure. Sure. Brenda's like, let me see it. She's Mc- better at it. Is it McCahey? McCahey? Oh, maybe McCahey. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Okay. You know. You're yeah. better at it. McCahey. I don't know. That, you do. I, I just like, made that up and you no, guys are down for it. No, I like McConaughey. It's happening. McCahey. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like. That sounds yeah. more like a Matthew? name. Matthew? McConaughey? McCahey? McCahey. Oh, well, we look forward for... It's my own blooper on this thing because I don't know what I'm saying. You funny. can just put that. I can forever. absolutely put that. <laughs> I can put that. Put that.